When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo on January 30th. Cloudy, cold in Chicago. We finish up our Cubs convention interviews with Cubs closer Adbert Alzali coming up on this podcast. He's always a lot of fun. We like to say, I believe, he's a vibe. Correct? He's a vibe. Definitely. Yeah. If there's anything... If there's anything that's for certain in this world, it's death, taxes, and Albert Alzale being a vibe. And new diehards being vibes. Oh, yes. Thanks for leading me there, Cody. Brian, Bonnie, Pierre, and Joe. All new diehards. Credit to them. Big of them. Yeah, Yeah. big of them too, yes. Credit to us. (laughs) Yeah, I know. For getting them to become diehards. It's cool. It's like every once in a while I'll see... You know, we'll go into, I'll go into that Discord and I'll see new names in the in the Cubs channel because, yeah. like you know, we have Gary's always in there, Shane, yes. um, DFW Susie, who's been in the yeah, channel a lot more recently, yeah. she's in there. Um, she actually called me a good egg on Twitter the other day. So oh, thank, isn't that nice? That. Credit to her. Um, Shout, I'm not a jerk. Very so nice awesome. of her. Um, but yeah, it's just like every once in a while, all of a sudden you'll see a new name, new name, but you still have the names that have been in there for since the beginning of time Gary Gary absolutely Shane, but yeah. you're getting new names in there more people um, you know more, more people joining uh, signing up to be diehards and entering our community of diehards I think it's really cool um, just to have more more voices more perspectives in those channels I'm, I'm determined to finally get Luke into the Discord. I got the app Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I helped him download the app the yesterday. App. He's step got one. the app. Step one. Listen, Luke Stuckmeyer has It's like me doing taxes. Discord. I don't do it all on one day. You can't just put it all on one, eight, yeah. one day. Uh, Rodder's <laughs> apparently watching from Australia. Oh, G'day, awesome. guys. From down under. Go Cubs. Awesome. Uh, Look at that. I haven't seen him in the chat. Maybe it's because we're doing it at a new time currently. Could be. Yeah, yes. 2.30. Our new time. And, anyways, make sure you check out the Die Hard program. A lot of fun. The community's Growing quickly. You can get our new shirt slash hoodie for 20% off. Well, you get a free shirt if you you sign up. Then you get 20% all year. So you can get the Sammy Sosa t-shirt if you want for free with the Die Hard. And then you can get the hoodie 20% off if you want both. The the Bring Him Back shirt? Is that that what it's called, right? The Bring Him Back. Yeah. Sammy. Uh, I don't know if I did that right when it comes to player rights or whatever. But (laughs) what I did. Bring Sammy home. Bring him home. Whatever. Y'all know who I'm. Anyway, but yeah, but there's that. There's the events. You get discounts on events and stuff like that. Yeah, Matthew Gregory, Die Hard. The Die Hard card we showed it on on the show yesterday. Well, I mean, to me, I know there's a lot of great stuff. Getting full 100% access to your articles, Hoag's articles, all that stuff, that's great. But the the Die Hard card, it's like having a Joker playing poker, right? Like, that's that's it, man. The Joker. You mentioned my articles. I do have in our Cubs channel on Discord. A thread of mailbag questions. I will be releasing it probably tomorrow oh. morning, but it's for mm. diehards only. So diehards that have their questions can ask them. 
and only diehards can see them. So it's, it's diehard exclusive stuff right here. And, and it's great. So anyone that has a question, and I may, you know, maybe jump in one of those voice channel things to have I was gonna another say, live mailbag. I was going to say, we're going to be doing a lot, of vo- a lot more of the voice chat channel things in there. It, a lot of people who watch tune into the Twitter spaces. Uh, I will probably still do those too, but at the same time, more so because I'm I'm here for the diehards mostly. Uh, we'll be doing the the voice channel stuff. So that I mean, we have given you every reason to become a diehard at this point. Some people say it's better than chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Some people. Uh, by the way, how was today's uh, tavern style with Braggs? Uh, That's gonna. I don't. It's probably not out yet. We'll, we'll, I don't think we put it up on YouTube yet. But we did. It's t- we did talk. There was some Cubs talk in there, there so you have to go check it out. Yeah. So there's there's another thing is is, is our new uh, tavern style show video of the yep. day type thing. You subscribe to the CHO Sports Podcast. It's like the all yeah, like podcast. The CHO Sports about, Podcast. About eight minutes ish, eight to yeah. ten minutes. I think like that. because Braggs doesn't shut up, it went nine minutes today. But <laughs> Actually, yeah. we were told no more than eight. It went eight, eight. minutes and forty three seconds yeah. to be exact. Well, Braggs. Mm-hmm. You know what happens on TV? You do that. You're in. You're fired. Sitting on black for forty three minutes. <laughs> Forty three seconds. There's just yeah. no commercials. It's just See, an that's, empty screen. That's why they let seconds. me and Braggs come here and do podcasts in this cool studio instead of putting us on TV. All right. Jay, Gary, Garrett, David, Marco. Everybody's here in the live YouTube chat. Hey, hit the uh, thumbs up button. Not enough for Tommy Hotteby. By the way, mm. if, if you weren't here for yesterday's live show or if you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly recommend it. Cubs pitching coach Tommy Hotteby. He was great. Yeah. I think it was 55 minutes before we even took a break and then we said goodbye to him the plan was hey let's do like 40 with him right and then we'll get the other two segments in because i didn't want him to sit there while we did our ad reads yeah and just kind of staring at the screen ahead so we thought well all right let's just do bulky first segment 55 minutes in i'm thinking this guy's got to go he's got some (laughs) things going on today yeah yeah, no, Tommy's great. Uh, it's the second time, uh, like, we got him last offseason. We've gotten him this season. I think around the same time. I think right after a Chiefs playoff victory anyway. So um, so he's always in a good mood after that. Uh, mm-hmm. But great with the time yesterday. So if you haven't watched that one, you definitely should go and watch that because he gives us a lot of great insight on what, um, you know, a lot of the pitchers are up to right now. Yeah. Ron and- thought it was Toby Maguire. <laughs> there you go. A little bit. Okay. I see it a little bit. I can see a little bit. However, when I think of Toby Maguire, I just think of Austin Powers with the mole. When he had the mole. <laughs> not yeah, not Spider Man, not wait, the original Spider Man. That's not Toby Maguire. Yeah, it is. Toby Maguire's so, the original original Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you said Austin Powers with Isn't the mole. Isn't he the mole guy? No, that's um the guy that's the kid from Boy Meets World, his brother, I think. Oh boy, I don't know that. I don't know no, uh, that movie's so old. I, I'm Maguire. probably way off. It's yeah. not Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I, I'm not a movies guy. Mind. I'm a Cubs guy. You're talking about Molly, 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 Molly. Yeah. yeah, man, we are way off the rails. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> hey, by the way, Justin Turner not coming to the Cubs. Uh, what was your favorite part of the 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 rumor for a day? <laughs> there wasn't one. I mean, we literally just <laughs> talked about it yesterday. Like, yeah. And, uh, not happening. Listen, We're not devastated. It, it would have been fine for was, a little it bit. It was yeah. definitely the friends we made. We're live, Barb. Yeah, I think, and it's you know kind of what we said yesterday. Like as far as his, his role, like he doesn't really play third base anymore. Maybe they could, uh, there could be some kind of rotation in there or whatever. He could DH a little bit more. Um, he's a fine bat still. Um, that would have helped out, but you know I don't think it's a huge loss for the Cubs right now to not have gotten him because again there's still Bellinger on the market. I mean Matt Chapman's there and and. 
Yeah, there you go. Ron said Fred Savage. Sorry. My bad. Uh, I got him and Toby Maguire mixed up. Yeah, Sorry, so there's you know, Bellinger's still there, and, and I think the Cubs should still be the favorites for that. Matt Chapman is out there. I think if I'm the Cubs, I'd rather have like Bellinger would be my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chapman could also provide a bat. I, I, I think the numbers that he had last year, um, underlying numbers versus results, I think should improve um, based on what the underlying numbers say. But we'll see. Um, but even then, we talked about it yesterday, like J.D. Martinez coming off a really good year with the Dodgers. Pro- at this point, is pretty much a DH only, but it's a good bat to insert in the lineup. Um, Brandon Belt. Could be a guy that, that they add who's still a solid bat and, and could help out at first base. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's a huge loss to see Justin Turner go elsewhere. Would he have been a good bat? Sure. Um, but I think the Cubs the Cubs obviously still have other priorities right now. Um, and I think there's still bats that were bats that are on the level of Justin Turner that are still out there they could also go and grab too. Yeah, I mean I'm I I was pretty clear yesterday that if they don't get Justin Turner I'd be fine. Now if they had traded morell or someone like that to like for pitching mm-hmm. something like that then and, i then it yeah. would have made a lot of sense to me to go get a guy like justin turner to replace him but i think at this point unless unless there's a trade coming after after bellinger resigns or whatever i'm 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 pretty okay with morell being your dh slash you know maybe they'll play him and maybe they'll find a spot for him field. it's again and i've said this in the voice channel on discord i've said this on Twitter space is like, we are going to have a magnifying glass over Christopher Morrell and where the Cubs <laughs> are having him practice this entire spring training. And like, it's just a big question. Like, we just don't know. They've walked back on a lot of the convert, like a lot of the, th- the thought process uh, on finding him a position dating, like back to dating back to Cubs convention. So I'm going into spring training thinking he's a DH. Would I love to see him get an opportunity at third? Yeah, but like there, there's no reason to. He hasn't done anything to prove that he deserves it. So it, it is what it is. So uh, when it comes to this situation at first base slash DH, like like Bush is going to get the full opportunity at first base because I think when Bellinger resigns opening day at least he's going to be in center field because I don't think PCA is going to be on the opening day roster unless yeah. he blows our minds in spring right yeah I, I think the likely one is Bellinger's starting in center field to allow Bush to have that opportunity yeah. at first and so then after that you have you have Bush at first and then at DH it's Christopher Morrell and right now maybe Matt Mervis because he's a left-handed bat but like Again, you need someone a little bit more proven there, I think. They have to have Cody Bellinger, period. Well, like, it's again, getting more and more desperate for yeah. them to have again, him. Again, I'm saying that Bellinger will be in center, I yeah. think, on opening day. But when you talk about the situation with first base slash DH, Morrell going to be your, D, your, 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 your DH against, for sure, lefties and probably going to get most of the opportunity. A guy like Brandon Belt makes some sense. J.D. Martinez, okay, well, they have plenty of right-handed bats. Do you want to add another one? I'm not against it, but it, Brandon Belt just makes a lot of sense for that, and I think at this point in his career, it's not like he has to play every single day. He, he still hit for the Blue Jays last year, so I don't hate that idea, but they just, like, they're so... Like I don't even want to say stacked, but they just have so many dudes that can just play at these types of positions, but none of them have taken control of it, ex- except for Morrell, if they do go into the next season with him as the DH, because he's at least done, like he, last year at least, he was pretty solid there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, I just, it, it continues, for me, it continues to be me going through like five different scenarios 
I don't know what's going to happen, but it all revolves around Cody Bellinger being a Chicago Cub. But because it is a Make Me Tingle Tuesday here at CHGO Cubs. <laughs> oh, that's a new one. Still. Right? Uh, that's same, a did you say one. Make You Tingle? Tingle. Oh, okay. Make Me Tingle Tuesday. No, if it was Make Me Tingle Tuesday, we'd be talking to Carm over there as he runs <laughs> to the bathroom every show, twice a show. Uh, no, like if you're, if you're talking dream scenarios, it once started with, Otani and and a frontline starter and tra- what all of it you know yeah. right now I agree with Jay Andrews best case scenario for the Cubs the rest of this offseason the the roses and the best case scenario you could possibly have would be Chapman at third on a one or two like low years right I don't care what the number is, as long as it's low years Bellinger in center to start the season on whatever deal he wants in my eyes. And then that playing into the second half of the season where PCA is defensively your guy. He's your guy in center field. He's earned that spot in center field. Bellinger moves to first base. And now you have an infield that is defensively not letting anything pass them. Right. Yeah. You have Chapman, you have Nico, you have Swanson, you have Bellinger. And in the back of them, you got PCA. Defensively, you're going to be a juggernaut. And you hope offensively you've got enough there too. That's, that's my best case scenario right now. I don't know that that's happening. Yeah. But in a perfect world, that, that's perfect, what happens. Now. I would agree. That is the perfect, like the, in a perfect world, that's the best case scenario. And, but the thing is, is like, it's not too far off. Like, at this point, I think people who don't want Matt Chapman are probably people who think he's going to f- somehow, some way block Matt Shaw. I think that's the sole reason why people don't want yeah. Matt Chapman. You don't want him for four, you don't want him for five years, right? Yeah. I think if you can get him on a three year deal, I think Gary said in the chat, I agree with that. You get him on a three year deal, yep. great. And if you have to pay him twenty to twenty five million AAV, that's fine with me. Three years, seventy five, I can I can live with that for the, one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. On top of a guy like you said, Ryan has the underlying numbers, the batted ball data was really good and. And I've said the this, results didn't work. The didn't results work out, weren't but. there, but he had the underlying. Date. But the thing is, is he's like the reverse Cody Bellinger. Like Cody Bellinger had a lot more blue on baseball savant, but he had the results. You know what I mean? So Matt Chapman's been a really good baseball player for a long time, and mm-hmm. sure, he's coming off what people would consider a down year. But if you can get him on a two or a three year deal, I I consider going four if there's like a team option in there or that can get out of it earlier. I doubt that happens, but you know. That's the perfect world scenario. Uh, I, I just don't think that there is any scenario where Matt Chapman is going to block Matt Shaw because at the end of the day, the Cubs will just figure it out. Yeah. They, they'll figure it out. There's a DH for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, that helps. You, you, can, sure. you can, if, he, if he's yeah, a... Bush and Morrell, like that, right, they'll get if he's a, if he's a shortstop, if, if he came up in college playing shortstop and he's been playing third base all offseason, don't tell me this guy can't play a little first base too. And maybe he doesn't necessarily have the, you know, the, the body or whatever to play first base. But I just think at the same time, it also doesn't put the Cubs in a situation where they have to rush Matt Shaw to the majors either. Mm-hmm. The, only, yeah. the, the only way that I want to see Matt Shaw in 2024 before the all-star break is if he is just knocking on the door like pounding baseballs everywhere has insane matt mervis 2022 like numbers and is doing is is doing it at at a level that it's like okay we can't ignore this you know what i mean just be like again this guy has 
a half a season of really good ba- professional baseball. I, I, I don't want to rush him no. to the majors, though. Yeah. I don't want to rush him to the majors, though. So I, I just – I understand the people who think that Matt Chapman could block – Matt Shaw in in some aspect, but at the end of the day, if you go back and look at some of those teams the Cubs had in 2015, 2016, and on, like the the golden era as we call it, like they had a plenty. Like the big thing back then was that the Cubs had too many shortstops, you know. And no, they've and, and you know what happened? Javi Baez was the only one that turned out to be good. You know what I mean? And they moved Starlin Castro and they signed Ben Zobris, whatever. But like, <laughs> you know, that that was the thing is like that people talked about is that they had too many quote unquote shortstops. They figured it out, man. Like, as Luke has said since this podcast started, is like you just need good players. And Matt Chapman is a good player. And if you can get him on a like I said, a short term deal, fine. That's great. Now, again, I ain't going over four years, that's for sure. So yeah, that's where I'm at, man. Yeah, well, I and this is something that like Corey and Brendan talked about last Friday on their pod. Um, that this idea of blocking players, like like Michael Bush, was blocked because the Dodgers had multi-time All Stars <laughs> yes. and like and and like probable Hall of Famers in his way. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing. The Cubs, you know, don't necessarily have that for a guy like Matt Shaw. So the the idea of of blocking Matt Shaw, the idea of like going out and, and, and or not getting Matt Chapman because you don't want to block Matt Shaw, like that kind of stuff. When you don't, when you, when you have movable pieces, when you have, when you don't have hall of famers locked in other positions, that kind of stuff tends to figure itself out. Yeah. Um, whether it's on a bad side and injury injuries or, you know, whatever, yeah. right? Like the, injury trade Chapman in yeah, two yeah. years or whatever. Um, yeah. So not getting Chapman for me shouldn't be solely because they don't want to, uh, they don't want to block match like getting getting Chapman and I'll for me finish. for me the if I'm the Cubs not getting Chapman should be more of the contract that he and Boris want just does not fit what we are willing to give if mm-hmm. that's that if that's it that would be a way better reason for me to not go and sign Matt Chapman than saying we don't want to sign Chapman because we don't want to block Matt Shaw, who's never played a game, seen a pitch at the major league level. I it, think that's the problem. It's crazy the way some fans, ha- like their opinion on this thing. And again, everyone's entitled to their opinion and you don't have to necessarily even agree with what I'm saying, but it's crazy how so many fans will be in CSGO Cubs Twitter mentions or in my mentions and they'll talk about how the Cubs don't want to spend any money and how they're cheap and all this. But when you have arguably the best defensive third baseman out there and you've had issues at finding a third baseman or a consistent everyday third baseman since the moment you since honestly since the moment you started playing Chris Bryant in the outfield so before you mm-hmm. even traded him it's just wild to me because it's like the guy the fit is there and you just you don't know what Matt Shaw is going to be and that doesn't mean that I don't believe in him it doesn't mean that I don't want him to get an opportunity but I think you're in a better spot when you don't have to necessarily rush yeah. a guy to the majors. You want to ease them in. Like, like we went through this. Like, this was kind of like the downfall of what happened with the, the core guys from the team that won in 2016. Like, they they went all, all in on hoping that these prospects were going to work out in a way. Like, yeah, they spent money on John Lester. They spent money on Jason Hayward. They spent money on Ben Zobers. They spent money on John Lackey, whatever. But, like, the core players, they were all guys that they built from within – and Jason Hayward and Ben Zobers were like the only real key free agent guys. They have some guys that they've that they've you know grown, watch grow 
from and like internally, like a Nico and and Ian Happ and all that. But like, you're you're at a point right now. If you want to take that next step, you you gotta you gotta add a a guy who is at least proven it, man. Shout out to uh, Jeremiah who's jumping over from Spotify just to jump in and give us the oh, thumbs up. Uh, credit to oh, him. What a guy. How about that? Thank you, Jeremiah. Shout out to you, uh, man. Do we have a super yeah, chat? A super I think chat. we missed a super chat, or I did. Uh, getting Chapman for three years too long, Cody. Pass, says RWB <laughs> team. Well, I, Alex, I, I know you're you're completely out on uh, on Matt Chapman. You've been saying that in the Twitter space all season or all off season. So, I, like, I know I'm not going to change your mind. Uh, but three years is not too long, brother. I, I refuse to believe that that's too long. <laughs> How about yeah, the T-shirt we're going to be printing when uh, Richard Lovelady, Lovelady <laughs> hands the ball to Assad? Oh, boy. Huh? Think of the possibilities <laughs> for that shirt. I hope his number is Richard 69. Lovelady to Assad. This is this Love is lady to the ass. This man. is Boy, there, there's there's some possibilities for a shirt. Yes, that's all I'm this, saying. Now, and I hope hopefully obvious shirts. Joe isn't watching this episode because <laughs> this one's ours. This is the time where for sure someone on the Cubs deserves the number sixty nine. Just saying, <laughs> would be nice. Sure. Uh, Wait, hold nice. on. Hold oh on. yeah, sorry. We haven't talked about it yet, but I think we're neglecting to point out that Luke was completely wrong about Cody Bellinger week. Like, he has not admitted he was completely, absolutely wrong about... We didn't have time to talk about it yesterday. What, that we had Cody Bellinger week? Yeah. Is this week two of Cody Bellinger week? You you said it was last week because Cody Bellinger was going to sign sign that week specifically on the 24th. Two for 24 is the alternate day. And I was like, you know what? I I checked my... I had my old trusted uh, calendar and I I just had it wrong. It's two four twenty four. It's currently we're. What currently, day is that? That's next. It's like would, next week. Next yeah, well, I know Monday, it's next week. Maybe? What day is that? Like Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Sunday, one of those or two Monday. Days. It is, mon- it is mo- it's, Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday. Sunday's the day in heaven. We have to have an emergency <laughs> so, podcast on Sunday. No Super Bowl. Big okay. day to do it. So, but all well, I'm hearing is that you were you were wrong. You were yeah. wrong about Cody Bellinger week. Well, no. Well, there. Okay, so this week it could still happen because we're currently on day one twenty one of how many days Cody Bellinger has been a free agent. Mm-hmm. So, three more days it could be one hundred twenty four. Gary thinks two twenty four. Yeah. Twenty three more Gary. days it could be tw- it could be one hundred twenty four days he's been on the free agent market. So that would make if it, it's not so maybe in three days. It's not second. Sunday two twenty four. Twenty four would be okay. the next one that I think I, they try to. You just keep moving the goalposts. Without saying you're wrong. When's the first day for? When, what, <laughs> when's the first full practice? Because pitchers and catchers are Valentine's Day, right? To, uh, the yeah, the fourteenth yeah, yeah. is 14th. pitchers and catchers. It's usually a week later, or five days later. Or something so like, like the twentieth. Yeah. So four days into camp. Why don't we just say? Why don't we just say March twenty fourth is the day? I think it's two twenty four. March three twenty four. Twenty four. I think it's two. Let's just do that. We we'll just keep moving the goalposts. Anyways, he's going to be, he's going to resign in season like Kimbrel. <laughs> it's June 24th, 24, 6, 24, 24 is, is the uh, signing day for Cody Bond. Uh, we'll just keep, we'll just keep going until it happens, I guess. Love lady to a sod to a beer bat. Uh, Cody, tell us about Circa Sportsbook. Circa. Okay. Last night I tweeted that Giannis Antetokounmpo over 11.5 rebounds and Nikola Jokic over 9.5 assists. Uh, I didn't say that I was parlaying it, but, you know, I said afterwards when they hit, I tweeted a screenshot of me who ended up parlaying it, and I turned, I don't know, I turned $25 into 90 some 
all thanks to Circa Sportsbook, obviously. Okay. Oh yeah. Circa is my favorite app, guys. It's 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 far away my favorite app. And yeah, with, you wake up, roll yeah, over, oh my open God. your phone, and especially like the Super Bowl is coming up. It's one of the best times to gamble on sports. Then we have March Madness. Oh, my mm, God. Yeah. oh gambler's oh. paradise. It's oh, yeah. the best. Like it's the best place. And you know the Bears guys are going to be uh, in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And they're going to mm-hmm. be at the Circa Hotel, right? With the casino and the resort, they have the stadium swim. I'm jealous. I wish that I could just jump into Greg Braggs' suitcase and go as well. But Can you imagine what it's going to be like, Braggs and Carm in, in Vegas? Vegas? Ugh. It'll they be like the hangover all over. Somebody ended up with a tattoo on their face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, it was yeah, Mike Tyson. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> you know, you could go enjoy all those things. Uh, but the one, there's a handful of reasons why I love their sports book. And the tight money, tight money line splits are one of them. You know, the games strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use minus 115 or minus 120. They keep as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. They don't limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. They encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available to compare the lines from each sports book, right? So that's, that, that's an incredible thing to be able to, like, see the difference that circuit is compared to every other book out there. So, and then finally, I'm going to continue to emphasize this in all of 2024 because it just, it's my favorite part. All right. They don't use chat bots, man. I hate chat bots. They should be like mm-hmm. removed from society. It's AI like, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I can't, I absolutely can't. All right. All aspects of their app are being run by the same team that runs the main circus sports book at circa resort and casino in Las Vegas. Again, where the bears guys are basically going to be, in like two weeks. So uh, download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. You said Circa is a gambler's paradise. Ooh, a, uh, a fitness person's paradise is Midtown Athletic Club. Or just paradise. Yeah, just in general, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, paradise. Um, yeah, Midtown's got four Chicagoland locations: Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown, and Lincoln Park. We keep mentioning it, but Midtown Palatine, out in Luke's neck of the woods, has launched a multi-million-dollar transfer- transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. So coming up, saw some pictures on the interwebs. Amazing. Nice. There you go. Uh, right now, actually, Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. So only a couple more days if you want to go and get in there with no initiation fees. Make sure you do that ASAP. There's something at the clubs for everyone, whether you're single, you got a family with kids, you're looking for uh, to make lifestyle changes or holistic wellness. Uh, Midtown Chicago, which is very close to where I live, is the nicest fitness club I've ever been in. What was it? How many floors is it, Cody? It's like six floors of different studios, mm-hmm. and golf simulators, um, lifting areas, boxing studios, yeah. which I thought was one of the coolest. The boxing part is pretty cool. A I, little ring in there. It's kind of been like a thing I wanted to try here in 2024 is a little boxing. Yeah. Got to so, get out that anger I have when the Cubs piss me off. Yeah. And then, you know, you tuck yourself out from boxing. You want to take a quick nap. The guy hotel room is upstairs. Oh, yeah. So you go and do you that. You can also get married there, yeah, too. Yeah, you can get married there. Have a great party out on the, on the roof. Little, little patio porch area. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, birthday party, bat mitzvah, whatever, doesn't matter. Whatever it is. Whatever, they'll do uh, it. For if it's big, want. that's where you want to have it. Yeah, yeah we'll have Luke's 100th, uh, 100th birthday party there coming there up go. soon. Yep, yep. Uh, they'll be having another renovation before that, but. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's you know, the great club features, super luxe locker rooms with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities, amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week included in the membership. And they're not just gym quality. The spaces are boutique quality. They got the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball and paddle tennis. It's USTA professional quality all the way. So go ahead and check out Midtown. Head over, head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. To, before nice. we get to this Albert Alzalei conversation, I, I've been reading the chat during the, the ads and Uh-oh. I have nothing against what I will say this for the people who don't want Matt Chapman. I will say this. I don't want Matt Chapman if Jed Hoyer will call me, which Barb thinks that me and him have a relationship. We don't. But if he would call me or send me an email or send me a sign that Christopher Morrell was going into the season as your full-time third baseman. That is the only way that I would be okay if they didn't sign Matt Chapman. They ain't going to do that. And at this point, we don't know. So that's, that's, where, that's where I'm at. I was still thinking about the hot tub at Midtown. Maybe a steam, too. Nice, nice sauna sesh. Steam, sauna, lots of fluffy towels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Paradise. 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 Absolutely. Uh, okay, so we had a chance to talk to a bunch of Cubs players. Yesterday, we talked to Tommy Hadavi again. Shout out. Go check out that podcast. Nice dude. Um, everybody. Well, I said that about all the every single guy that we talked to at Cubs convention and then add Hadavi yesterday all awesome. Super gracious with their time. Adbert Alzali was the first one we talked to. We talked to him a year ago, and uh, we picked it up again. It's cold outside. He was like, man, get me out of town. <laughs> it was pretty bad. That, that but was. he's still vibing, and he is still the Cubs closer. So here is part one with Adbert Alzali. Super excited to have Cubs pitcher Adbert Alzali with us. Uh, hey, we saw you last year. And the first thing we talked about, Adbert, was, you know, we were saying, okay, what really gets your engine going? You know, would it be a reliever role? Would it be a starter role? Would it be a closer role? Well, it turns out you, you, you said right out of the gate, closer role yeah. without hesitation, <laughs> right? So how did it go? How did it feel for you as Cubs closer? Because obviously 22 saves, there's a lot of good results there. Uh, it feels right, I believe. Like, just, you know, Getting used to it, having the opportunity to go pretty much almost every day out there. I'm like, bitch, for this thing in the ninth inning, like, it means a lot to me. Like, it's just, you get that feeling through your body. Like, you get all that adrenaline rushing, like, at the, at the big moment. I'm, I'm, I just feel like that's what I play for. I feel like that's, that's the only reason I, I do what I do is because, like, that's, that's the only feeling I want to get, like, I don't want to be like just chilling in there. Like I, I, I want to feel the pressure of the game. We, I did talk to you during the season uh, about kind of yours and Justin's paths, and you know, obviously Justin's path. You know, he went to the starter. Obviously, he was an All Star, um, and maybe the ace of the team. Your path went a little bit differently, and you kind of said like, you know, sometimes things don't always go according to plan, but things still work out. Um, do you still feel that way? Do you still feel like, even though the path that you were on few years ago isn't exactly where you are now just 
that things still worked out for the way they should? Oh, yeah, it, it definitely did. I just feel like when you make it to the big leagues, then, like, you start finding, okay, who who who, who I really am as a pitcher, you know? So, like, you got to go through those levels, and I feel like, yeah, I was starting my whole life. Like, that was the only thing I did for 11 years. I, I was like, I've never thrown back-to-back before. I have, like, I'm like, I don't know if my below is going to be the same pitching from a night game to a day game. Like, it was, like, all this kind of random stuff on my, on my mind. But I just feel like you you get that mindset and, and you prepare for, for that, you know? So, and then you just got to embrace it. And that, that's all I did. I embrace it, and I really like what I'm doing right now. I'm, and it's just, it just really gets the best out of me, like, all the time that I go out there for, for the biggest moment. You make me want to jump through the television when you give the old fifth pump. At the end. You get a save, you give the – it reminds me of Tiger Woods. Did you – did you think about what that celebration would look like, or did that just come out of it your just, body? That's just the way it is. It, the first time I did it, it just it just came out like that, like, and then everyone loved it. So it's just like every, all the guys were like, "You need you you can't get stopped now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you need to keep doing it." So we just that, that's exactly what we did. What was the, the, the you know? There's a lot of moments, obviously, with the saves, 22 saves, and 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 every time in that moment, you obviously are very excited, happy. But what did it mean for you, those moments coming in, you know, the playoff race where the games, every game mattered, every game meant something. And, and even though you, that you guys didn't get to the finish line, just that whole last three months of the season, it felt like you guys were, every game mattered. So what did those moments feel like in, it in was, that? It was a playoff race. So it's just, it's, it's exactly what I feel like, what I, what I needed to experience first. Cause like, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can go 70, 70 outings after just throwing four last year. Like it's it's kind of crazy. I'm like I don't know if I can throw sixty something innings after just throwing thirteen innings last year. You know, so I just like I said, I just I just embrace that. Like I know that I'm I'm capable of doing all, all these kind of things, and like that's why I'm a big leaguer. And I'm I just I just gotta adjust to it. And at the same time, it's just like. I just need to get three outs. Like, it's just, you put it simple that way. I just need to get three outs. So, like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to attack you with, with, with my best stuff. And then just the last two months and a half, like, uh, we were just pitching and pitching and pitching pretty much every day because we were playing one nothing game pretty much all the way through the end. So, like, it's just, like, it's a marathon. But, like, like I said, like, that's what you play this game for, like, that's exactly in the position you want to be. Yeah, I mean the celebration after each save is the height of the season. That's that those are the highs of the season. How difficult was the injury late in the season in September to sit there and, and want to be want to be on the mound but not be able to be on the mound? I mean, super difficult because in my personal opinion, I didn't want to stop throwing, but like the trainers were like, there is definitely something going on because you walk three guys in one outing and you spend two months without walking a guy. <laughs> like, yeah. there is something going on. And then when we went to the doctors against that, it was a little, like, little inflammation. And that's why they decide that you, you need to stop throwing at least for 10 days. But I mean, it really, really hurt me. Like, I was, I remember being in, in Alana because I, I, I could be activating Alana. And they were like, no, we need to make sure, like, you're right. Like, we can't push it that hard. And I was like, I was so frustrated because I'm, I'm like, there is six more games. Like, I need to be out there. Like, you just, just let me go and play. Um, you're seeing the guys just going at it every single day. Mayweather carrying the load. 
lighter carrying that load when I, when me and Fulmer went down. Like it's just it's it it's just like you're there and you don't know what to do. You know, like it's just it, it really kills you. So in that sense, have you done anything? this offseason changed um you know your your routines or, or anything uh through this offseason especially when you said like you don't know if you could go 60 some innings in a year after being a starter for so long you know doing back-to-backs and all that stuff so have you um you know changed anything up this offseason to make sure your body can can withstand the whole 162 um in a closer's role um we pretty much didn't change much like just like i said last year was my first time going through it and now like i i know what to expect okay I know how to expect to be a, a high leverage situation guy. Like, I know what it takes to be six months out there and be mm-hmm. pitching at least like every two days or something like that. You know, like I feel that now that I got that I got that kind of experience and I and I know how I feel. Like, I know how to con- how to control all all those teams throughout the season uh, better. So it's just like, like I say, like last year, like just fatigue got to me at at the end because I'm I was like. Yeah, I mean, last year, I, the the year before last year, I pretty much didn't play. So, like, at the end, like it it kind of got to me that I got that fatigue. But I just feel like we keep we keep doing the same plan. I mean, me and Justin, we did it last year in Arizona. I'm like, that's exactly the same team we were doing this off season again. Like, it's pretty much the same team we did last year. Part two coming up with Adbert Alzali in a minute. Uh, Cody, you talked about how, like, from day one, I was saying, just accumulate good players and let it all figure out. That's that's where I am with the bullpen right now. Like, uh, people that want to decide specifically, Alzali is this or this. For now, he is my closer. I love that it hurt him not to pitch in those games. I liked what I saw last year. I think he has the potential to be their consistent closer for several years. If he doesn't end up being that guy this year, it's okay because you've started to accumulate guys that you can see either will be able to make that job easier for him or even switch off with him at some times. Merriweather could close. Naris could close. Uh, Lighter, depending on the matchup, could be a close guy. Almonte could be a close guy, depending on a matchup. But I still think Alzali is the most likely guy to be the final guy on the mound when you're trying to win the game. I just like everything that's starting to lead up to it. Now, it's still a crapshoot because it's a bullpen. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, this is I've said this before. What I like about the Cubs bullpen going into 2024 is that there is a closer. Godfather, you can, you can say in the chat all you want about how the Cubs need a closer. They have one, man. The guy went out there and was a big part of helping them get back into the race last year. And who knows? If he doesn't get hurt in September – Maybe we, we aren't talking about that collapse. There were a lot of late leads blown, right? And the, one of the th- reasons that he probably got hurt is because, as Tommy Hadovy talked about it yesterday, how we've talked about it, the fact that they had like three guys that they, they went to every single day. So yesterday... Well, especially coming off missing almost the whole... Right. Pretty much a whole season the year before. And yesterday when we kind of talked about Hector Neris, I said something along the lines of like, it just feels like there's more depth there with more upside... And so this is this is what I am hopeful for the bullpen going into 2024, right? Alzale is your closer. You have Merriweather. You have Naris, who's proven he's been in the postseason. He's got a ton of success. You have Almonte, who's come from the Dodgers, who's had success there, obviously coming off a, a year where he wasn't as good. But, again, he's had success there. Um, Lighter Jr. coming off a really solid year. Luke Little, all right? Ooh. This is This is what I want. 
I want Alzalea to go into season as your closer. And if Luke Little turns out to be what the scouts, what the Cubs probably hope, by the end of the year, Luke Little is your your own version of Josh Hader in some form. I'm not saying he's going to be like Josh Hader S, but like he has the stuff to be a late inning guy at the back end of your bullpen. Now, when Josh Hader first came up, it was him and then like Jeremy Jeffress, I believe, in 2018 like as they're back into, and then Hader ended up taking the closer role Cub. of yeah, yes, sure. former Cub Jeremy Jeffress. But anyway, the, the way they used Hader when he first came up, he would he pitched like two innings. He'd be like the seventh and eighth inning guy, and then they'd go to Jefferson in the ninth inning, right? I'm not saying that I want that exactly to happen, but with Craig Council as the manager, I'm confident that he is going to put Luke Little in really good situations to help build his confidence, and hopefully by midseason, late season, you're, we're sitting here and we're looking at Luke Little as a guy that's like, this guy's arrived. This guy is going to be in our bullpen for years to come, and there's a lot to like because that's how that's the ceiling I have for him in in my head. That if 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 the Cubs bullpen gets to is the the elite form that we hope that it can be the 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 version that I think it can get to, he is a big part of it, right? So that's that's kind of how I view it. No, like I know people are talking about him and people are excited about him, and yes, we have to play it out and have him go through perhaps some ups and downs but I think that he can be that difference maker in the bullpen and it's not just hope like I just we watched a guy in the handful of innings last year and I know that a lot of them were low leverage but he is a guy that it based off potential and what he's done in the minors and the fastball velocity and the stuff that goes with it He's a guy that I think could go really well with Alzale in that back end of the bullpen. And who knows, maybe maybe he is that guy that is as the closer one day. But either way, going into 2024, having a guy like Albert Alzale, who he's, he's penned in there. He's written in there. It's like last year, we didn't know who the closer was. They tried to go with Michael Fulmer to start the year, and that was it failed miserably. The fact that you're going into 2024 and you know that Albert Alzale is going to be closing games for you in the ninth inning, is it, it's a lot better feeling than... Not knowing at all. He managed to bring that full circle. It was, it was a very long Luke Little tangent there. He likes Luke Little. We got back I to do. Ad, we did no. get back to Adbert. Um, I'm just going to go quick with it. Adbert, in ninth inning, ninth inning or extra, so ninth inning or later, 259 ERA, 243 weighted on base average, um, 27.2 strikeouts, uh, strikeout rate and a 5.6 walk rate. Pretty good numbers. Uh, ninth inning or later in high leverage moments, which is closer's role, right? Um ERA was a little higher, 405, uh, but still 237 weighted on base average, a 35.3% strikeout rate and a 2% walk rate. So maybe gave up a couple extra runs than, than needed, but um, pretty solid numbers. And then if we're just looking at just straight up high leverage moments, um, which that's could be just throughout the game. And again, ERA is a little higher, 479, but 247 weighted on base, 29.5% um, strikeout rate and a 2.6% walk rate. So yeah, I, I'm with what both of you have said that, like, going into this year right now, he's the closer. I think he earned that. 22 of his first 23 uh, save opportunities were converted. I know he blew uh, two towards the end of the year right before he got hurt. Um, but, yeah, he 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 was he was the closer, and he was a, a really good closer for him throughout the summer and beyond last year. Um, I don't know if he's a long-term closer, but based on these numbers, he's a pretty good back-end guy no matter where he ends up, right? So I, I, I definitely think you go into the season 
comfortable with Adbert as your closer. If it's a 2016, I'm not saying they're going to be 2016 World Series favorites, but if it gets to a situation where a top-tier closer becomes available at the trade deadline, definitely would not be opposed to, to trading for one, right? A guy that you know is locked down in the ninth inning, as the Cubs did in 2016. But um, I'm, I think if I'm the Cubs, I'm more than comfortable having Adbert to start the season in that role based on how he did and just – basic high leverage but especially in the late innings he he was the guy he was the lockdown guy when they finally gave him the job speaking of uh top tier closers more of al's lie coming up and our partner ray chevrolet is ringing in the new year with their best offers all month long if you're trying to close the deal on a new car make your way to ray chevrolet on route 12 in fox lake to join in on the savings and start your ray resolution as one of the top selling chevy dealers in the midwest you're always able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories, but right now they're trying to make room for those inbound 2024 models, so all their current inventory must go. Plus, you can find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy because they have over 100 new Silverados available with prices starting at $19,495. Or take up to $10,000 off. I had to put my readers on to make sure that was right. $10,000 off on a new 2023 Silverado. And to top it all off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under 20 grand. Seriously, guys, can pricing get more affordable? Plus, you get a free oil change. Mention CHGO when you schedule your oil change at Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake. Start your new year off right. Visit Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com and start your Ray resolution. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. And Guys, you know, it's, it's also been easier for businesses right now to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share the uh, big blue globe. Oh, yeah. You know, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as <laughs> we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business... Oh, sorry, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so cody That's what should bad. business owners do well thanks for asking the question that i almost asked you uh go to comed.com slash clean that's that's what you that's what you should, you should do all right to learn more about the resources fleet rebates and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric if you own a business don't wait start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles good for business good for the planet Good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. I was taking out a cough drop. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yes, Luke, I did. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and better in a better future for generations to come. I think, I think Cody, you were just like, you just know Luke so, so well. You were just reading his mind, knew exactly what I was going to say, right. and it just kind of came out. Well, people you know? are now saying that I can read minds. So I think so. That's don't what I'm let saying. the facts get in the way of a good huh. story. Especially Luke's. Like, uh, Gary in no. the chat says that Luke Little will start in AAA because there's like eight guys ahead of him. I mean, it's possible. I, it is possible. I, I won't disagree completely. I, I just think that injuries happen, and I think Luke Little is going to get a chance at some point to, you know, play or pitch in meaningful innings. I think a lot of us wanted to see a taste of that in September and we didn't get it. And I just think there's a lot of high upside there. So I could be completely wrong about like how his 2024 season goes, but I mean, maybe it's Daniel Palencia instead, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I do think that they have some guys unlike at the beginning of last year that can be real difference makers internally that perhaps 
maybe overtake that close role. But at the end of the day, Albert Alzale has earned this chance to be the guy. And if you're not in on it, I just I don't I don't get why. I mean, he was he was a big reason why they they got back in the race. Yeah. So the the the, and the bullpen it, found the groove over there. the summer, and he was a huge part. He was obviously a huge part of it. Yeah. And remember what we're talking about right now. All the hypotheticals we're putting out there. We're thinking of what guys were last year with David Ross as the manager pulling the strings. Now we have to think about players take leaps forward, players regress. They're not the player most likely that they were last year. And now the manager may have a totally different philosophy, likely does, in Craig Council. That's where we pick up part two with Cubs closer Adbert Alzelay. Your, your manager, your new manager last year was the enemy on the other side of the arch rival in the other dugout trying to figure out how to make sure you didn't get those last three outs. What was your reaction when you found out that the Cubs were um, moving on from David Ross and bringing in Craig Council as your manager? I mean, it took, I pretty, I'm pretty sure it took everyone by a surprise because no one was expecting that move. But at the end of the day, like, I just feel like they're just doing the, what is best for the team. You know, like, um, when you put it in that perspective, and then you just look at this guy's career, like, I mean, this guy has turned around things uh, for Milwaukee that wasn't even in the picture, you know, and then if you see, like, his number from, from 10 years, being a manager, his, like, his ERA in, in his bullpens every year, like, this guy is, is top five every single year out there with ERA bullpen. So that tells you a lot that this, like, he knows, he knows what he's doing, and he, he, he really knows how to manage the pitching staff. Have you been able to have uh, many conversations with him so far about maybe your own role or how, how he got, likes to use bullpens or just anything? Uh, yeah, like- we, we've been having conversations. He, he was down in Arizona for a whole week last week, um, and we, he, he was down there. Um, we've been having a lot of conversations. I, I, I really, really like this guy. Um, I like his mindset, his mentality. Like he's, he, he came here to do, to do a lot of good things for, for this organization. When you saw Shohei Otani's contract – with the Dodgers. <laughs> My question for you is when your deal's up, will you defer till 2040 so the Cubs can afford you? I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you're making 50 million in endorsement <laughs> yeah. money, then you defer all your contract. I got yeah. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I guess, like, then living in LA, I'll do the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> if I'm making. 50 million out of baseball. Yeah, just, just give me my money 10 years later. <laughs> That's uh, a good point. The uh, uh, Imanaga, Shota Imanaga, mm-hmm. um, signing him earlier this week. Uh, your reaction to that, obviously, uh, a, a pretty huge addition to this pitching staff and, and hopeful for improvements for, for the whole team next season. I love it. I love having two unique, different lefties coming every every five days. Like That's, that's something that... It's it's really unique. Like it's just you got Justin Steely, and now and now you got Imanaga. Just rare stuff. Like mm-hmm. like this guy throws like six different pitches, but like every pitch like has something rare. So like just having this, this, those two different kind of view from from those two starting pitchers, I just feel like it's it's, it's gonna be really really good overall for for this team. Um, I I do I do really like the guy. Last last I mean yeah yesterday when I when I was watching his uh his introduction like the first thing he he say uh, how he act like he uh, he bought me with that like I I love his energy and I kind of love the kind of personality this guy is gonna bring to this team. I was gonna say I'm not gonna pick one, but you and Morel vibes 
and swag. You're like one A, one B. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a champion. But this guy comes in Imanaga and he starts throwing out, "Hey Chicago, hey, what do you say?" And my that's name's... what I'm saying. Like, like as soon as I saw this, I, I was I was with a couple of the guys, and as soon as I saw that, I saw that I started just cracking up. I'm like, "Oh my god, I love this guy." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as a baseball fan for you, um, are you like are you paying attention to like free agency and stuff that much throughout the off season? Like, are you are you keeping up with that are you like really interested in like obviously, obviously who you guys get like are you really um getting antsy when things aren't happening or, uh, or you check out on that a little bit i i kind of check out a little bit but at the end of the day like front office makes their own decision like there are the one that that hold uh that kind of power so like I'm like wh- whoever we get i know it's just it's, it's gonna make this team better it, it can improve this thing like yeah there is some players out there that out I wish like we can get them because, like, when you when you, when that kind of talent is out there, like you can't miss on that kind of talent. Last year, you guys finish uh, one game behind Arizona, right? And then and then if you're sitting at home watching, Arizona takes that one game and goes on and gets all the way to the World Series. Yep. Uh, does that give you a little perspective when you go to Arizona to start working out? That listen every single game matters yeah i mean it's it's, it's from that it, 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 it just you, you gotta put it that way from the get going like we play 162 games but yeah we lost a lot of games at the end but we also lost a lot of one run games in the beginning of the season and then if you in may instead of losing eight nine games by one run you want two of those we wouldn't be in the playoff so like just putting from from that perspective it tells you like Today, like every single day, and then opening day, and then the last day of of, of the season, it's just it's game game seven, pretty much. Like you go out there and you, you need to win. Like every win, every win is important because what you say, like we got out, we couldn't make it because one game. So like it tells you, like no matter where the situation is or whatever, like you, you gotta go out there and win the game. This this past season, we kind of saw for you as the closer, as a reliever, like. The, you, you had an improved ability to get lefties out or uh, to, to, to be, to get hitters out on both sides of the plate. Um, are we, how much better can you be? Like, what, what can you do for yourself? What can we expect to see uh, in an improved Edward Alzelay in 2024? I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't feel I need to change too much. Like I use, I just need to keep doing what I did last year, pretty much like attack, the best hitter who's your best staff. Cause like I said, I just need to get three out. So mm. I don't need to go out there and trying to do this and that. No, I'm gonna go on there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you the coder first pitch. You gotta hit it. Like you're sitting on fastball. So yeah. that's that thing is gonna cut the 93 to you. So like I'm gonna attack you because I I truly believe in myself that when it gets to two strikes over, because now you gotta face a slider. I'm like, you really gotta be ready for it. So it's just like just going out there and execute pitch by pitch. I just feel like my mentality is just like, I'm, I want to get you out with this pitch. Like, I'm not trying to strike you out with the first pitch I throw because I need to get you to two strikes. But if I can get you out, get a ground ball to dance or a ground ball to Nico with the first pitch I throw, then like, I'm going to end up throwing eight pitches, nine pitches that day. And then I'll be fresh to come back the next day and pitch again. So it's just like learning, like managing those kind of situations, like knowing the guys you have around, like, yeah, 
mean, you can go for the strikeout and you can try to get the strikeout. You get in a lot of three, two counts all the time because you're chasing the strikeout instead of trusting the guys that are behind you. So I just feel like when you have that kind of defense that we have, like, that, like all up in the middle of the infield, like you need to let your staff play. Like you, you need to trust those guys. Like you need to be out there and go and execute pitch by pitch. Cause like that's a way of learning. Like you need to get this this guy out with his pitch. Cause if not, what are you throwing that pitch for? That personal confidence is so important to professional athletes. Are are you guys ready as a team to win the division? Yeah, we are. That's it. The mentality is <laughs> there. Like when you got. Guys like Dampy Swanson making sure like everyone is in the right page, everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing right now. Like it tells you, it tells you a lot about like just just overall the mentality that that we have as a group right now. Like it's just yeah. Do we need more players? I believe so. Like we need a couple more players, but I also believe in in the things that we can do. We proved it last year. Like it's just making a little adjustments and then you can get the best out of every single guy. It's just like knowing how to deploy those guys into the game. Are we the uh, best baseball podcast? Yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I remember sitting there, I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah, just, there you go. That right? We are, right? Okay, two years we've been doing this now, right? Alzali has delivered the moment both times. Last year it was, are you ready to be the closer? Oh, yeah, I want to be the closer. I want to be the closer. It was like the moment to me of any interview that we did. This was the next one. I, I think we asked like four or five guys, are you ready to win the division? Or be like, yes. But Alzali is just the, the confidence, the way he attacks that is just like, yeah. And I'm going to have coffee now. Yeah. yeah. That's, it was <laughs> definitely like the Kermit, like <laughs> sipping the tea or whatever. It's a mic drop. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, oh, it yeah. Was. It was good, good. Good for a clip. But no, I, uh, and you, you mentioned the, the five guys that we did talk to overall. Just, I don't know. I mean, and I wouldn't expect them to not be confident in themselves. Right. right? But he's um, got a, sw- a different swagger than everybody. Yeah. But then just hearing like what Adbert said after, like, after when he actually got to the rest of his answer, um, talking about Dansby and just talking about like the leaders and stuff like that. I think that's all important. So, um, no, I, I we've sat here all offseason, talked about how they need to improve the roster, um, you know, getting Ballinger's huge for that and, and, and whoever else. But um, I do think that having been in the race this last year and kind of understanding what it takes to go through a whole a playoff race as long as they did, I do think the guys that are already here are ready to win the division. Like they, they, they know what they they know what their limitations were last year. A lot of guys I believe will be taking this off season to kind of, you know, work on those limitations and stuff mm-hmm. and those guys that are already here, yeah, like bringing back some guys or adding some guys will definitely help just to improve the roster. But the guys that are here, I think, are improved just in the knowledge of what it takes to get to that finish line and why they weren't able to. I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, Godfather in the chat said, uh, Alzale is a good guy, not a closer. Sorry, Cody, seventh or eighth inning guy. Uh, and then I like David Snyder's comment that goes with it. Scroll down, Sarah. Scroll down, very bottom. Very bottom. He says, Azale may be a great closer, but he has only done it for part of one year. Godfather is right in that Azale has to prove himself this year. Folks act like he has closed for years, jumping the gun. Now, I'm not saying that. I think we've sat here and all have basically said, you know, like that's the big question. Can he do it a second year? 
of course, last year he didn't do it the entire year. That's because he didn't get the opportunity. They went. It was the Cubs that chose Michael Fulmer to get that chance at the beginning of the year. So I'm not going to pin that on Albert Alzelay. Um, but yeah, this is this is 2024 is a season of continuing to prove that you're 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 a back end guy or a closer, what whatever. Like it, to me, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like black and white based off how this organization has ran, been ran the last handful of years in terms of the bullpen. But I do think in general, we all we all feel like going into 2024, he is going to be the guy who's going to be closing games. Like, it's not even really a question. My thing of what I was saying earlier is just the fact that the Cubs have a lot of high upside dudes who have the higher velocity and might arguably have better stuff than Alzelay and – they might get an opportunity when I don't know when Luke Little's going to be on the roster. Gary, like if he starts in AAA, fine. They got plenty of other guys, but there's injuries. We see injuries. Same thing. I say the same thing about Daniel Palencia. That, that's why I go back. To, but the thing about the bullpen that I do like going in 2024 in full is the fact that there's a lot of dudes and there's a lot of upside and there's a lot of potential there. And I think them adding Naris to go with, with Alzelay and and Merriweather helps solidify some things, get an experienced guy in there. And who knows, maybe they add another guy. Maybe Class A, a trade with uh, the Guardians still happens, and you really do have a, a closer then. But right now, as we sit here and do this podcast, like we don't know. But Adbert's the guy. Adbert's, Adbert's the guy, the guy as we he sit here. And he, and he, he earned it. He grabbed the yeah. role. He earned it. Every player has to prove it the next year. The only guys that don't are guys like Yadier Molina, who just <laughs> lived off of, you know, one good season and then – carried it on and is that how the bit goes yeah okay that's what, that's that's what, what we'll say yeah. every other uh, player's got to prove it every season that's the why it's the yeah. game of baseball no, it's, last year doesn't matter once you start the new season yeah, yeah. i think that's where it's at unless they bring in a bona fide closer yeah. between the next month or so or you know how, in two months until the season starts and unless they bring in a bona fide closer long track record of success it's Adbert's job to lose at this point. You know, I, that's just how I feel about it. I, like you said, he, he earned the role. He took it and ran with it and had, had a lot of success last year. Um, and it's his to lose at this point unless, you know, they bring in someone yeah. else. That, that's just the way I feel about it. Yeah, and, that, and that's fair. And I, I think it is fair to have questions, no doubt. Not Godfather, I think you've been a little too excessive with it. But, you know, we let you say whatever you want in the chat and we, we let you get away with it. Maybe we should hold you more accountable. But at the end of the day, like... Credit to you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's I, uh, of the guys on the roster right now, who do I want to see in the ninth inning? It's Albert Alzelay and Hector Neris right behind him. So I, th- I think the key thing, and I, I think I said this yesterday, is the fact that you've built up a little bit of depth and some and adding Neris gives you a guy who's proven, who's done it before. It allows you to not necessarily use Alzelay to close every single day. Because that's honestly, I feel like that's what led to the injury in September, led to a lot of the downfall of the bullpen in September in general. Like there's more guys that they can use. And hopefully, hopefully some of these guys internally help actually make an impact. We talked about Ethan Roberts with with Tommy Hodvey a little bit yesterday. Can, will he work his way onto the major league roster at some point in 2024? I already mentioned Little and Palencia. There's, there's other guys. Bailey Horn, is he going to make his major league debut in 2024? There's... On top of the kind of the veteran guys that they already have, like there's a lot of options there. I think there's more to offer this year in the bullpen than there was last year. And it's not just like guys that they picked up off a waiver and, you know, turned into gold like they did with Julian Merriweather. I think there's there's some dudes with some legit potential to be 
to be really good in the bullpen and, and that we all really get excited about. So are we back at two thirty tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Two thirty tomorrow. tomorrow, brother. Sarah, are you joining us at two thirty tomorrow? No. What? Uh, no. I won't be back until Monday. Oh, Sorry. don't tell Leave Barb. Us. You tell him Barb right now. She's going to be so you to admit it. First, Joey leaves us. Now Sarah leaves us. Uh, just who's our producer left. tomorrow? No, is it Braggs? Left. Is Braggs our producer tomorrow? Oh, I don't man. know. We'll I hope to, not. We'll have to mute his mic. <laughs> like unplug the mic before. <laughs> he'll, he'll talk over. Best me. of luck, guys. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> Hit the uh, like button on the way out. Uh, thanks again to Brian, Bonnie, Pierre, and Joe. New diehards, don't miss yes, out. Sign up to, to be a diehard just like they did, and uh, we'll be back here at two thirty without Sarah on Wednesday. Until then, thanks for watching, listening, and fly the W.